Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. Hope you enjoyed Lem's solo pod this week. With that, we'll get into it. How was your week, boys? Pretty good, all things considering. Might be getting a new job, so that's cool. That's exciting. Yep, everything's good with me. I got asked to coach football again. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm tired. Coaching three sports is not something that you want to do. You got to have some sort of break time in the year. Most definitely. I'm not doing it. I'm very happy with where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, getting home at 3 o'clock is nice for me every day. That's that's pretty pretty legit. I can't beat that. Must be nice. Mm-hmm. But I get up at 5.15, so, you know, it's not, you know, I lose it on the front end. I mean, right there with you. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. All right, so we'll get into the team in distress. Um, I think there's definitely one key team in distress right now. What do y'all got? Say it with me, Solo. You know you want to. I refuse. <laughs> the Lakers? The LeBron. The LeBron-less Lakers. Um, and I don't know how many times I had this conversation with Solo about LeBron. I will, I will, literally, still, I will literally get off of this podcast. I do not. You, we're not talking about. I will, I'm get, I will, I will get off of this still, podcast. We're not going to have this conversation. You still refuse. I'm not having this conversation. That this 36, almost 37 year old man is going to be forever in this league and not experience any sort of um, regression in his game or injuries or anything of that nature. When he went to how many straight finals? Plus, uh, he. Not 10, but. Yeah. But, you know, he went to, I think it was actually seven. And then took a year off and then went to another one. But um, that takes a toll on your body. And even the the smallest injuries with uh, having a high ankle sprain is going to affect you, especially being at 36, almost 37. The Lakers aren't built to be led by AD. AD's also injury prone. Like I said, uh, podcasts ago or years ago, really, we should have capitalized on LeBron's greatness and traded his ass uh, for uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and started this uh, dynasty in LA. But you know, that's just me. I, I can see things into the we, we future. We all know you're we would... going to move off of an all-star, um, so that's that's not news um, at you're all. You're right. Well, the, the Lakers are going to be trash for the next uh, two, three years until their contracts are up because I really don't see AD holding up for a full season again. Uh, I don't see LeBron being his same self. He'll still be decent when he comes back and good, whatever you want to call it. He's not going to be the same LeBron. He's not going to be able to carry a team. Unfortunately, the Lakers don't have draft picks because we traded all of those away to get AD, even though he was like, you know, injury prone. That's a whole nother issue. Thanks for the one championship, but that's all y'all going to have to offer. And unfortunately, y'all are going to be in the play-in game and may get bounced by the Warriors. But this is a quintessential problem with the Lake, with any LeBron-led team, is that they put everything into him and it's a high risk, high reward situation because if he's healthy the entire season, you're gonna go to the finals. That's that's the way it is. But right. if he's not, if he's not healthy, which is becoming more and more of a trend at the end of his career, no disrespect to the man solo. It's just the trend that you're seeing is that he is injury prone now. And he has every reason to be injury prone. He's put everything on his back for every single team he's ever been on. Any man would be like that. Uh, so it's not a it's not a slight to him. It's a slight to these teams that they put everything into him, and that if he's not healthy, this team goes nowhere. And that's the thing that they they, they needed to figure out a way for him to be the missing piece, not the only piece. I know Solo doesn't want to comment on the situation, so oh, we will not. We I will gladly answer and talk during the next segment of the podcast. So okay, here we go. What's the okay, next segment? So we're gonna actually have a brief. Nerd Corner uh, for the podcast. Uh, Lamar, you can go get a cup of coffee or whatever you drink. Smoke the ganja. I don't know. But uh, I drink water. (laughs) I drink water and I don't smoke. That is terrible shade, JT. I feel offended. But uh, Marvel announced their latest lineup and announced the, the titles for two of its movies that has been announced of 
Black Panther 2 will now be called Wakanda Forever. And Captain Marvel 2 will now be called The Marvels. Solomon, you are the comic expert of this group. Give me your prediction on what what this tells us moving forward with these two movies. Well, I mean, it's still going to go to the general, like, how can I say it? Like, the, the more of the, like, the multiverse view of Marvel. So you're going to start to see the introduction of the Eternals. I think like the main villain now is going to be Galactus, not the one that you saw in the Silver Surfer movie back in the Fantastic Four movie in 2007, where it's just like a, a raging cloud. Like you're actually going to see like the, you know, what is it, 40 foot tall? Wasn't like, it the one that you saw in Guardians of the Galaxy in that, that flashback montage when they went to see the Collector? Yeah. Galactus. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's not that's not specifically Galactus. That's an Eternal, but like they're basically not. They're somewhere of the same thing. So I mean, I, I'm excited for it just because of the pure fact of the matter that you're going to, like I said, see these comic book characters in a in a much different light. And, and like I said, as a little nerd fan because of the multiverse view you get to see you know in the new spider-man you get to see all the the spider-mans in the known uh mcu get to share the screen with each other one more time so that'll be nice to see toby Maguire in the spider-man suit again i.e the best spider-man known to mankind no i'm excited yeah i'm super what, what excited do you think that the, the name wakanda forever as the name of the new black panther movie what does that entail do you think there's gonna be They're trying to they're trying to keep that thing under the wraps. I mean, I'm I'm one that that obviously said that it's like as much as everybody hated it, and I love Chadwick Boseman's interpretation of the Black Panther. I really think they should have recasted the role just so like I mean at this point now because it's almost going to be like you know Star Wars Episode Nine. Like what would have what would it have been had you know Carrie Fish uh. Carrie Fisher didn't die. Right. So now we're going we're going to be in that state of, you know, wondering like what's going to happen cuz 9 times out of 10, I mean, I don't think that Marvel is brave enough to give I know that they they gave Scarlet Witch her own standalone movie, but that's just because like you've seen Scarlett Johansson for the last You mean Black six, Widow, not Scarlet Witch? I mean, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Black Widow. You've seen Scarlett Johansson with yeah. You know, with the main Avengers for the last seven to eight years. So now you're pretty much going to, you know, it's going to be acceptable for her to have her own standalone movie. As well as... happened 10 years ago, in my opinion. But, you know... Right. And I don't think anybody... Nobody cares did. about it at this point. I mean, people are going to go see it or watch it on Disney+, Plus, but I don't think anybody's going to... It's not going to be the same thing that would have been 10 years ago when everybody was calling for it right after the first Avengers movie. Right. So, like, now... Like if you do, if you do make Shuri the uh, the Black Panther, will it sell? Yes, I just don't know if. I and mean, this isn't me trying to be like a fanboy. I just don't know if that role will capture the same audience and garner the same like. It, it won't have sustaining power. Exactly. Like it's gonna and be I, in that movie, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna be like when we had Iron Man that like he was like the face for 10 years of the entire you know mcu right so that that's what they've got to figure out i don't know if you like i said i mean i don't think that uh michael b jordan has even come close to being like on the radar for another one uh for the black panther even though that he died as the the golden one in the last movie i honestly don't think that it would be such a bad idea um, but like, you've got to find a way to like have that character to be in the MCU. Like, one pair of people, I mean, some people are talking about like having a time skip because Tatala essentially did the exact same thing that his uncle did when he went to America and had a son out of wedlock and like left him in America. You can also go the Storm T'Challa route where <clears throat> if you can somehow find a way to get the, the X-Men introduced into the MCU, that that could be, you know, mm -hmm. the, the person that takes over the mantle. 
Uh, there, there are a number of ways that they can do it, and I'm excited to see it. But that is going to be one of the biggest question marks. And if they get it wrong, we're going to have a, a lot of upset fans. See, here's here's my thing is it's that Endgame hit so well that I don't think it's going to live up to the expectations moving forward in the MCU. I mean, it it never some we never expected to flow this well, and now we're getting to a point where it's like, where are they going to go next? I'm not I'm not saying that Disney and Marvel can't do it. It's just I don't think we can ever reach the heights that we did before as far as impact well, on, you know, society and, you know. Well, I, I think that you can. It's just going to take the, I mean, obviously, you, like Tom Holland's got to mature his Spider-Man if he's going to be the, the leader of the new, quote unquote, you know, Avengers or whatever which is not, I don't think that it's a bad thing. I feel like you've got to introduce some of the other characters because I mean, like, like Galactus makes Thanos look like, you know, an ant right. by, the, I mean, the standards of his comic book powers, even though that they didn't really exploit Thanos as much as they could have. Like in the comic books, like Galactus is, I mean, an absolute God killer. Um, but yeah, I really do think the major solution to all of everything that we're talking about to get the impact is to introduce the X-Men into the MCU, which if you're going to go the route of introducing the Eternals, you kind of have to because the Eternals come about or I mean, because of the experiments that made the Eternals, human beings were allowed to uh, get the X-Gene to become mutants. So you can't really have one without the other. The story won't make sense, like, historically, if you don't do it that way. So, I, But I think if you want to get the same culture shock that you got with the original Avengers, if you find a way to add the X-Men and make it really, really good, I'm talking about, like, dope X-Men, then you, you have a chance to have a real good, you know, follow-up series. Fair point, and plus they spent all that money to get the X Men. They're gonna, they have to figure out a way to make them work. That's just, you have to do that. Um, Heck yeah! But that that's a little teaser right there, because um, coming this summer, me and uh, Solo will be doing a little side podcast uh, discussing the MCU. We're not going to be doing the typical analysis of each movie. That's been way way too much done by multiple podcasters. So we're gonna come at it a little bit different way, uh, but. That was just a little, little taste for y'all of what's to come this summer when we both got a little bit more time on our hands. Uh, but we'll move on to what you came here for, which was sports. Uh, we'll start with the uh, the bombshell that hit during the draft last week was Aaron Rodgers wanting out of Green Bay, um, which shouldn't be that much of a surprise because it has there has been whispers of this for a couple years now. Um. But uh, I think it kind of hit a catalyst point when he got engaged to a Hollywood actress who doesn't want to live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. You'd be surprised how much women can affect men's decision making in their job careers uh, once they become, you know, invested. What are what are y'all's thoughts with this um, as far as if this will happen? Where do, where should he go? All of that type of stuff. Well, RIP to Green Bay because if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I don't care who Jordan Love is. Y'all are going to be a rebuild team like the Chicago Cubs for like the next like 20, 30 years because there aren't any good QBs that can do with what the Green Bay Packers have that Aaron Rodgers has done over the last like for every years. Like you couldn't have picked a better successor after Brett Favre. But I'm sorry, I don't think anybody sees Jordan Love becoming like Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers good. I think we can all agree on that. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I mean, he got yes, downgraded but, to third string after being drafted in the first round. So Exactly. Like, he's not even like their primary backup. It's like he's he's not that, like Aaron Rodgers like could have started, you know, day one after how he played at Cal his like his sophomore and junior year 
But I mean, you're bagging up one of the all-time greats. And then when his time came, like he eventually lived up to the hype. Jordan Love wasn't even that highly touted of a quarterback. He just resembles like parts of Brett and Aaron Rodgers' game. So they're like, yeah, not nearly as good. The difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers, he went to a high-level school. He was he was talked about as one of the best quarterbacks coming out of the, you know, in the draft. And he just happened to fall to the Packers where he did. Right. Jordan Love, they didn't need to trade. They traded back into the first round to get Jordan Love, who they didn't need to trade back in to get. No one was talking about him being, you know, one of those top tier quarterbacks that could be taken in the top 10 of the draft. So it's kind of you can't compare the two because they're not the same. What I will say about this, um, if the Packers <laughs> do decide to trade Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be the dumbest decision that they've ever made as a franchise. Um, worse than trading up to get Jordan Love. Worse than even drafting Jordan Love in the first place. Worse than not drafting a wide receiver in the years that, uh, in, at least in the first round, in the years that Aaron Rodgers has been there. No reason to even trade him. None whatsoever, because you're not going to get the return that you want. Unfortunately, I kind of think that most teams are content where they are with their quarterback situation. And if they really needed a QB, they would have traded for someone like, I don't know, Deshaun Watson or I don't know, whoever during this offseason before now. Trading your entire farm to get Aaron Rodgers at this point is it's not worth it. Uh, I saw one trade where the Oakland Raiders may offer like Derek Carr and and Martin both of their quarterbacks. Yeah, and some uh, first round draft picks. But why would you do that? See, why? Here's, here's my thing: is I don't. I've been trying to think about a team where it makes sense for them to even have a discussion with Aaron Rodgers. Because first of all, it's got to make 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 sense for all three parties. Got to make sense for Packers. It's got to make sense for whatever team's trading for him. It's got to make sense for Aaron Rodgers. So for Aaron Rodgers, for it to make sense, he can't be going to a team in a rebuild. He doesn't have the time to be with a rebuild team. Unfortunately, the only teams that have really have enough capital to get him are rebuild teams. Unless a team is trading away the things that make them worth being a, a Super Bowl team. Now there are several teams out there that if they if they if they could just sign Aaron Rodgers and not lose anything, yeah, they'd be a, they 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 would be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, if the Saints could sign him, hundred percent. Falcons maybe could sign if the Falcons could sign him. If they they don't have the draft they don't have the the salary cap space to sign him. But if they could have, he could probably make a difference over Matt Ryan. But there's not most many, definitely. I mean, the only team that I could see potentially working out would be Miami. I mean, they've got they've got a decent young, you know, skill core around the quarterback position. Um the defense is solid. They've got plenty of draft picks because of all the training that they've done. That's really the only place that he could possibly go to that could make sense and that's not even guaranteeing him he's he, guaranteeing that he would be going to the Super Bowl in that situation. That's probably, if he's going to get traded, that's probably the best place for him to end up. And plus his wife-to-be would be very happy living in Miami versus Green Bay, Wisconsin. I would also um, throw in a, a, I wouldn't say a dark dark horse, but uh, if the Broncos could find a way to trade for him and not give up anything. With the way the roster is now, I don't know if there's enough there anyways for them to be a contender. And if he's gonna leave, he's got to go to a he's got to go to a Super Bowl contender. I mean, that's the only reason to leave at this point. He's gonna be a waste of time having to go anywhere else, like going to to I mean, Jets, the Giants, the Texans. I mean, there's not there, there's not a lot of uh, things that Arizona can trade to get him without losing what makes their team good. So, I mean, it, it, he's he's gonna have to. To make this work, he's going to have to retire and sit out for the year to force the Packers' hand. I don't think he actually wants out. No. Um, And the reason I say that also, uh, there is reports that uh, 
good old um, Shefty, Adam Schefter, made this report um, without any ratings. Right. Without any sources, without just putting things together. Of things he heard out of Green Bay. So when that happens, either one or two things is, is actually going on. It's either all cap or um, Aaron Rodgers is just trying to throw a, a smoke screen to get, you know, the Packers to do what he wants. Well, here's the biggest problem in Green Bay. They don't have an owner. No, they they do. The people own Green Bay. And so that's the thing. He can't walk in to the owner's office. He, he can't be like Matt Ryan, walk into Arthur Blank's office and say, hey, Uncle Art, I, I, I need something here. He doesn't have that luxury. He can't say, hey, look, I need a G- if you I'm your guy. Please let me, you know, get me this or that. Get me a coach that fits my my skill set, that type of stuff. You know, like and like and like Tom Brady, they didn't have Tom Brady was Robert Kraft's guy. When Bill Belichick was ready to trade him and move off of him and make Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the next king of, of New England, Robert Kraft said, no, we're sticking with Tom Brady. He doesn't have a guy that can do that. And I think well, that's one of the things holding this team back. It's, it's not an issue that they don't have an owner. They still have a GM that's kind of running the team. The issue is the GM and Aaron Rodgers don't see eye to eye. And, 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 and Aaron Rodgers can't go to an owner and say, I don't like our GM. It's, it's different when, you know, you have someone fighting for you, but when the entire franchise is not fighting for you, like your coach isn't really fighting for you. Uh, they traded away or got rid of the players that were on your side. Now look at you. You're just kind of there. The, the crazy thing is this team was like one play away from going to the Super Bowl last year. If Aaron Rodgers knows that they're planning to kick a field goal on fourth down, he may try to run in and get a, get a score. And they actually take the lead against, against Tampa Bay. you know, Or they actually go for it on fourth down like he thought they would. And they maybe score and they win the game. And we're talking about them in the Super Bowl against Kansas City, not the Bucks. It's crazy that that one decision could lead to, you know, lead to all of this. Like they're that, they're that close, and he's ready to lead. So I think there's there's definitely more to this than, you know, the on-field situation. Uh, but we'll move on from that uh, conversation. Um, move on to Trevor Lawrence. Um, I had an interesting thought here. Um, I saw actually recently that he's never actually lost a regular season game. Ever. High school, college. So that means something. There's going to be a first this year for him. We're guaranteed. A lot of firsts. Yes. My question to y'all is that with the amount of hype around Trevor Lawrence, can he ever possibly live up to that hype or, or will he be a bust in the sense that he didn't live up to the hype that he had? He can live up to it. I mean, it's just more than likely not going to be like in the absolute exact way that everybody thinks he is. Like in all intents and purposes, Deshaun Watson lived up to the hype like with a sorry team. And I mean, if you ask me, Trevor Lawrence is going to a way better situation than he was. Like, no, the team is is in absolute shambles, just kind of like the Houston Texans were. But at the end of the day, like, he's got a, a Hall of Fame coach. I know he hasn't done it at the NFL level, but he still has a Hall of Fame coach that shows that he can win in multiple places at multiple times. Like, all he has to do is just fall in line, you know, listen to what everybody's trying to tell him there, and ultimately just play. I think, I mean, if his talent is anything like we know it can be, he'll be fine. I mean, will he be, will people be disappointed if he doesn't win more than one Super Bowl? Like, is that? No. Well, not people in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they, you know, just get to the Super Bowl, they'll they'll be happy. But like, outside of the Jacksonville fandom, like, if he wins only one Super Bowl in his career, is he really gonna be, you know, you know, is, is that is that going to be the measure of what he is as a player? Everyone's expecting him to be, you know, 
the next, you know, the next guy, the next, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Can you ever possibly live up to that height when no, when people are expecting you to be that? No one expected Peyton Manning to be Peyton Manning. No one expected Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. Uh, I, I, I think Peyton. You, you, everybody yeah. expected Peyton, Peyton Manning to okay, be Peyton. Peyton. Yeah. Peyton. Tom Brady, I'll give you that. Uh, but definitely, Tom, nobody thought Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't know he was going to be. He was going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, it's like <laughs> now that that's a fair assessment. But like he's coming in with Peyton Manning expectations. Yeah, and I think that he has the ability to be Peyton Manning, like legit. And I think Peyton Manning is the goat. But like he's the, just going to need though. time. Peyton Manning. That's and that, that's exactly what I'm about to talk about with time. Peyton Manning had the luxury of a year to fix all his mistakes. Like he was awful his first year. Nobody think nobody was it the that. fact that he was awful or the fact that the team that he got drafted to was absolute ass. No, no, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying his performance. If you look at what he did on the field, regardless of whose fault it was, it was awful. But they but they said it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna work with this and we're gonna develop this. They don't have that time here anymore. You got to come in and show, yes, you're going to be great. You know, no, he had he didn't have anything around him his first year. But if you just watch the tape in a vacuum and look at Peyton Manning, you're like, this is Peyton Manning. The guy that we saw his rookie year is not the guy that we saw when he reached the peak of his career. That's the thing about this year. They, you have to you have to hit the ground running these days as a quarterback, which I think is. I think is a detriment to these and unfair to these guys coming in when the guys before them, they had time, whether they were a starter when they first came into the league or not, they had time to, to develop and get to become part of this game. And I hope that they give that Jacksonville gives Trevor Lawrence that time to figure things out because it's going to be a different game. Yes. He played in the most high level games with the most guys that were ever going to the NFL on combined in these games, but it's still not going to be the same. And he's got to have that time. And I think that's that will tell us whether or not we can get him to the point of being of matching those Peyton Manning expectations if we let him develop. And the only reason why I will somewhat agree with you is because of the fact that like they've kind of done the same thing to Tua. Yeah. Like where he really wasn't ready to start, but I mean they had to throw him in there, and it's like, it's kind of like I think a detriment to him because it's like I feel like if you give the kid time, he's actually going to be pretty good. Um, but I will say that like in the right in the right frame of mind, I think that he does have it because you're going to have I think more people looking at Urban Meyer than you have looking at. Trevor Lawrence. And I think Urban Meyer is willing to give him that time to develop. I don't think. Right. I think, but I, and I think Jacksonville, you know, the franchise is giving Urban Meyer that long leash so that he can make the mistakes that first year because they know they've, they've, they, they know his pedigree and they're going to be like, okay, we're trusting you. You can take your time with this. Unlike other places with unproven guys, they're like, you need to figure this out right now. Otherwise you're gone in three years. I struggle with um, making predictions about actual quarterbacks and their success because I don't think their success is determined on their skill set. Um, it's a situation that they're... Uh, right. So, of course, you have players like, you know, Aaron Rodgers who could lead a team no matter how bad their offense is. Or um, if you want to throw Patrick Mahomes in that situation, granted, he's never played, you know, without top-tier you know, talent around him on the offense. But if the Jags can't put a good team together and if Urban Meyer fizzles out and doesn't have that same sort of coaching pedigree that he had in college, you could easily see Trevor Lawrence kind of fizzling out and not oh, yeah. doing anything. And it's not to say anything about him. It's just, you know, his situation is just not going to be good. And unfortunately, the way the NFL is set up, if you don't win while someone's on a cheap contract in terms of QBs, do not expect to play Trevor Lawrence this huge contract and try to win then because you won't have 
the yeah, ability his, to his build around him. That unless you're Tom Brady in the past 10 years, unless you're on your rookie contract, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Right. And even then, Tom Brady was taking uh, pay cuts. He Tom was. Brady was never he was basically you know, the highest paid himself. I mean, you know, salary cap wise. Right. So. So in that sense, you know, I, I'm not going to put the expectation on Trevor to win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't expect him to even have a winning record this year. I, I think maybe six, seven wins. Uh, coming up this year I don't think the team overall is just going to look all that good because not only do you have a new QB you have someone who's never coached in the NFL becoming a head coach you know that's that's a huge yeah there's going to be and we've, there for sure and we've we've seen that with someone like um, and Solomon should know Nick Saban yeah. how did he do so do, do I expect him to do all that great? No. Can he? Yes, but I, I see Justin Fields having more success than him this year. Most definitely because solely... look, at, look, at, look at the defense that he, like, look at everything around Justin Fields right now. It's If he fails, it's completely on him. Right. But I think there's not the same expectations in Chicago that there is in Jackson with, with Jacksonville's team. Like, there's all this hype around Jacksonville right now, um, and they're not that far removed from an AFC championship. But the Bears, there's not I, – I think anybody outside of Chicago isn't really expecting anything. I mean, honestly. I mean, I, 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 there's a lot of – there's hype right now, but, like, I don't think anybody's expecting Chicago to do anything right now, especially in a division that still has Aaron Rodgers how, for however long he's there. Um so, I mean, they're playing for a wild card spot right now and everyone knows it. So I think that's going to help Justin Fields because he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to win right now. But that, maybe you're right. But uh, I don't know. I just I kind of feel like if I'm if I'm Chicago, I have a hell of a lot more expectations than you think that they're supposed to have of Justin Fields just because of the fact that it's like, bro, they if, if he's as good as everybody says he is, they should make the playoffs quite handedly. Yeah, um, I, I would think so, but I don't I don't know the weapons around him can allow him to be his most successful self. But he, like I said, like the same reason why we're saying if Aaron, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers went to Denver, he'd be successful. It's like you got a defense to lean on. You've done like crap. He's done great with crap already, you know, and you got a studded defense to carry you through, you know, when your receivers aren't doing what the hell they're supposed to be doing. Same thing with Justin Fields. Like, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it's like, bro, it's time to put up or shut up. I actually, like, I expect him to do better. And if he doesn't, I would kind of question it for real. I mean, I I could see them being, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven this year. I don't think they're going to be you know world beaters this year for sure but i think i i do agree that he does make an improvement to that team and they can you know they can be you know you know around 500 this year and let in the development they they were 500 this past year if if you're going to talk improvements we're looking at against your falcons that blew a lead to i mean i don't i don't know if that hmm. counts I, i i don't see that changing with the falcons this year it's true. They didn't do anything for the <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that that a lot of those wins are like, yeah, that shouldn't have really happened. I right. Think they they kind of fell into a couple of those wins, so I don't think that record shows of how good they actually were last year. I mean, I don't think they were good, but um, if you could win eight games with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, you know, he should be commended somewhat. That's somewhere that's that's fair i'll definitely give you that you know i so i he is an improvement we can all agree that he's an improvement over mitchell trubisky but i mean there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that would be an improvement over mitchell trubisky so that's not really saying that much but i think one thing is that is going to be in justin field's favor is that matt Nagy was never in on mitch trubisky mr ever he and he was inherited he inherited mitch trubisky he was never his guy 
but now he's got his guy in Justin Fields. And so he's just naturally going to be more willing to put him in the best situation to make him look good. So I, so I think that's going to be a huge thing for him. Uh, it's, it's one thing when you're taking a guy because that's what you have, but they, they chose to get, they, they moved up to get Justin Fields. That was their guy to get. So I think that's a huge thing that would help him moving forward. And plus, he, Justin Fields is pissed off that he got dropped all the way down to, to 10. Or it was 11. Yeah, 11. Well, yeah, 11. Yeah. He's pissed that he dropped all the way down. So he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, but granted, that didn't really work out for, uh, what's his name in Washington? The other Ohio State quarterback that dropped and uh, now is a backup in Pittsburgh to an old man. He should retire. You're not wrong. No sir. offense. No, no offense, but you no, know. you're not wrong. <laughs> but but what I will say about the Bears, um, even though the, in terms of talent last year, offensively they didn't have like top level talent. Um, you have who David Montgomery, who Jimmy Graham was there, and someone else, uh, the wide receiver Allen Robinson. Uh, they drafted tackles to shore up the offensive line. They drafted um, a running back. Granted, it was late, but you know you could pick up a running back anywhere. Um, and they drafted wide receivers. They're putting a team around Justin Fields properly, and, and they're. Deep. And as we saw in the Super Bowl, if you don't have an offensive line, doesn't matter how good your quarterback or or receiving core is, you're not going to win. And so right. It was smart for them to to shore up that offensive line in the beginning. Granted, the Falcons tried that a couple years ago and didn't work out for them, but you know. Yeah, injuries happen, but um, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it speaking is. Speaking of speaking of offensive line, uh, Solo, you know, uh, Lamar is going to have a rough year this year. Well, I still have faith. Uh, I don't see it. Got it there. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. All right, uh, so we'll move on. We're going to jump to Petty Moment of the Week because I think the moment that I'm going to be discussing is something that we should have a extended discussion about. So it should actually just be a, a point in our, our podcast, not just something that we mention. Uh, I'm sure at least Solomon saw this, but Texas A&M was having a, a booster's dinner. And Jimbo Fisher was asked if everybody in the league, everybody in the NCAA outside of uh Alabama were just waiting for Nick Saban to retire to win a national championship. And Jimbo Fisher may have had a couple of drinks in the system when he said this, but he said, we're, we're going to kick his ass. Smart man. To which Nick Saban re- responded with, what are we playing golf? I, I, I mean, just saying, I mean, he's not lying. <laughs> I mean, Nick Saban is not a good golf player, <laughs> but Here's the thing. The last year, yes, Texas A&M only had one loss, and that was to Alabama by 28 points. And that was when Jimbo Fisher didn't say anything for locker room material, built and more material at Alabama. What? Hey, are tell you, them good. What? what tell them you, good luck. <laughs> tell them good luck. I mean, are we going to be having a mercy rule by the end of the first quarter in this game? Nah, because Nick Stavis still loves his assistance. But, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like, you got to realize, too, what he had last year. He had Kelly Mond, mm-hmm. who is, like, in all honesty, he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, we can all agree on that. Solid quarterback. Yeah, I'll give you that 100%. Yeah, he's a solid. I mean, he'll, he, like I said, if he gets a chance, he could have a, a decent career quarterback. Yeah, he, he spent a couple um, of years, you know, learning the game behind, you know, a veteran quarterback. Yeah, he'll be a solid quarterback. I, I agree with you on that 100%. But, yeah, I, I really am going to be real interested to see just how, like, you know, like they don't have anything anymore. They have a whole bunch of unproven guys. And I don't really think that he thought about that when he was like, yeah, let me go out here and start talking all this shit. But to be if fair, I signed, booster, he's at a booster dinner. What is he going to tell the boosters? What, is he, is he going to say, yeah. The truth? <laughs> Damn, don't don't get y'all expectations too high. But, Here's but, the thing, though. 
but it, look at it in Jimbo Fisher's shoes. If you signed a 10-year, $75 million contract to coach and your contract's guaranteed, wouldn't you just say some wild stuff just to get people going? I mean, what can you lose? You're getting paid regardless. Everybody knows you're going to lose anyway. The boosters should know this. Like, just say it. Just make them happy. I don't care. I'm here for it. I wonder if how many of those boosters actually remember him saying that. <laughs> I, imagine, but, uh, I imagine those parties are a little wild, but, you know. I, I can't wait to see that game now. I wasn't going to – I wasn't planning to care about the AM alabama game because, like we said, AM lost all of their, you know, their veterans, their, their senior class, guys that got drafted. Uh, so didn't really – it wasn't going to be – I knew it was going to be a game, but now I just want to watch and see how bad Alabama is going to beat them, honestly. Uh, but we'll stick with college football with this one because uh, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts. Uh, can't remember who it was. I think it was Bleacher Report uh, or maybe 247 Sports dropped the top 10 games that have an effect on the college football playoff implications. Okay, let's let's start at ten because these are the less interesting games. Get them out of the way. I don't know why this this is really on the list, but they put North Carolina and Notre Dame. Um, well, there's a couple of games on there that I was surprised. Like four of Notre Dame's games were were listed at this, and I'm like, really? I I understand Notre Dame. I, no, I don't understand why Notre Dame is even included in this playoff stuff. This they're going to have a down here. The Wisconsin game, I, I give them. That's really all I. I that's the only game I really be like, okay, I can see that one. But Cincinnati, but continue with you. Let's go. Go, go ahead. I'm- but, yeah, we get it. Um, Alabama and Texas A and M um, is number nine. I guess for the SEC West, those are going to be the top two teams. Well, obviously, I guess LSU I don't. Is going to be irrelevant. This is going to be irrelevant, and Ole Miss and Mississippi State can't figure things out from year to year. I, I think LSU is going to turn it around. They'll they'll probably finish number three in the West, but uh, they're not going to be a factor. I, yeah, they have USC at Notre Dame at number eight. Um, I would I would have thought USC versus Oregon would have been a better game than USC Notre Dame. USC is still but, not that good, anyways. Like they're not. I but mean, if if we're talking playoff implications, I would think a know, conference game would make would have more implications than like those teams are going to be vying for the conference championship. You know, right. Notre Dame is is independent again this year, which I still don't like. But you know, <laughs> I think it's stupid. But <laughs> you get to be UCF without UCF uh, conferences. It's true. But yeah, they have uh, Alabama at Florida. At number seven, uh, Florida's going to have a down year. Yeah, I, I get it. But Notre Dame, Wisconsin, like you were saying, got six. That that one makes sense. Of all the Notre Dame ones, that one makes the most sense. I like this matchup. Oregon versus uh, Ohio State. In terms of, uh, is the Pac-12 even relevant? Yeah. Oregon has to win that game. Oh, yeah. Or at least be competitive in that game. Like if if they go out there and lay an egg, like we can't even discuss Pac-12 making into the championships anymore in the college football playoffs because it's like like you, you you don't produce anything when you get there. We have Iowa State at Oklahoma. I think that's going to be Oklahoma's toughest game. If they win, they they should be in. Shade thrown at Texas, by the way. Full shade. Uh, Okay, y'all let's, keep playing with Texas. Let's 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 give Texas a break this week after one of their players just died. Uh, RP, prayers for the Ellinger family. Yeah. Um, number three, they have Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Cincinnati has no realistic shot at the playoffs. Don't know why this is included. Maybe they're doing that they, because if if Notre Dame loses that game, they're out of the playoffs. Well, Notre Dame's going to lose more than one game. No, so. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, like, if they, it, it, there's, doesn't matter if they win every other game. If they lose to Cincinnati, they're not getting in. Yeah. So, I mean, unless there's complete calamity going on in the NCAA that, this this season, which 
I mean, you never know. But I, but I think that's the only reason that Cincinnati's the Cincinnati game is there because it's like, okay, if you can't beat Cincinnati, you're not going to be even talked about for the college football playoff. You have Alabama and Miami at number two. Um, understandable. Miami's not that Miami's good. Miami's good. They're they're number two in the ACC, in my opinion. Yeah, better than who? It, but better behind than who? North Carolina behind Clemson. Mm. Better than North Carolina. Yeah, but being they're number two. Number two. Okay, being number two in the ACC is like being the smallest dwarf. I, mean, I, I bold, understand. Bold prediction. Bold and honest prediction. They are going to be the best team in the ACC this year. I'm ready to see the Clemson decline because it's coming. It's not. It's Clemson is. I'm telling y'all. I'm sorry. Like there, there, there was too much stock put in Trevor Lawrence for them to be successful. Still, I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be decent. I think that they drop a game in the middle of the season and they knock themselves out of the playoff. Miami is going to be the number one team in the ACC this year. Well, Clemson's also at at a bad spot because they're going to start the year off with an L. But you know that's neither here nor there. Again, too. We'll get to that. Oh, that brings that brings us to the number one game, Clemson versus Georgia to start it off. Um, obvious reasons. Both teams have to win this game. Clemson more so than Georgia, but both teams have to win this game. But I I, I don't necessarily considering the location of it within the season, like you can come. Assuming you're not, it's not a blowout either way. The losing team can come back from this because it's. It's one of those that the committee see is as a is a good loss. Well, well, here's my thing with Clemson. I don't think they're going to face anybody else the rest of the way. Like, do they play Miami during the regular season? I don't, I don't think they would face them in in the regular season. Um, and if you don't have any other ranked teams on your schedule, you know, winning out to me is kind of meaningless. I mean, that's fair, but it's just they take a lot of stock in a team winning their conference. Their only right. loss is an out-of-conference loss, and if it was a close game to Georgia, and Georgia Georgia is as good as they seem to be in that first game against Clemson, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that they get into the playoffs, but it's not a death sentence if they lose by, like, one, you know, seven points or less to Georgia in the opening in the opening game of the season. I, I'm just going to read out the rest of Clemson's schedule and you tell me where they're going to have a quality win if they lose that game. South Carolina State, HBCU, okay. Georgia Tech, NC State, Boston College, Syracuse, Pitt, uh, Florida State, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. No, no, I don't. This, but look, but look at look at Notre Dame's schedule last year. And I mean, they they at least played Clemson. Yeah, and okay. won. They won to a backup quarterback at Clemson. Oh, now we're we're putting that qualifier on there. When I had that argument, where was that at? No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying what the committee is because I'm, I'm trying to compare it apples to apples there because the, I'm saying right. what the committee seems as worthy, you know. They, they beat them in overtime with a, their backup quarterback, who was a solid quarterback. I'm not gonna lie, Ulan right. is a good quarterback. He's the good next, next guy at Clemson. I'm not disagreeing with that, but at the end of the day, you won in overtime against the backup quarterback for Clemson. I mean, I kind of see that. Assuming assuming Georgia is going to be as good as Lamoris hopes them to be every single year. Uh, I mean, I, I knew they were going to be trash last year. I said hope, not not what yeah, you actually hope. believe. <laughs> yeah, that, there's yeah. a difference there. You know, I mean, now if if Georgia shits the bed and goes, you know, it loses two of their games following that, obviously Clemson's loss to them is going to look a lot worse but you know 
if they got a, if they're a one loss team and make it to the SEC championship, Clemson's going to look really good with that one loss to them, assuming it's a close game. So, I mean, I don't think it's a death sentence. I, I mean, it's it's not that hard to look good when you don't play anybody. Mm. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, they have time to kind of sweeten the pot and, I mean, and make it look the, like they're... The, the committee clearly respects the ACC. Whether we respect the ACC, that's a different story. They they take they 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 take stock in having a strong season in the ACC. Clearly, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that we agree with it. I'm just saying clearly they respect the ACC. The the only reason that you all had that sort of um, pool, I guess to say, Notre Dame had that pool this past year is because that there is no other teams with one loss that made it to their conference championship. So you were splitting hairs between a bunch of one loss teams. Well, I wouldn't even say a bunch of one loss teams. You had really just Texas A&M and there is no way Oklahoma um, or Georgia would have gotten in with their two losses. Right. You know, I, I don't think that they really <laughs> respect the ACC all that much. Uh, it's just you know they put more have... stock into it than we believe they should. We can we can agree on that, right? You just don't have as many choices in that this past year. I I don't think that would happen ever again in a full year. Who knows? But, yeah. Oh. But uh, with that, we will move on. Uh, we'll end it there. Petty moment of the week guys i gave the one already uh if you guys have anything else as far as petty moment for the week this is like semi-petty and it's more so of uh the fans side auburn posted a graphic uh their new coaching staff and how many players that they've quote-unquote developed but the issue is none of those coaches develop those players at university of auburn and not only that the players that they put on this graphic uh, went to rival schools, aka the University of Georgia. Um, there are some at Buffalo or whoever else, Colorado State, I think. But the fans really didn't like that. So uh, to promote the team of Auburn, they posted a graphic of all these great, talented Georgia fans, and the Georgia fans came out wild and on Twitter. Um, I think Auburn should really delete that post but you know they they gotta show show what they have in in their staff now that the Gus bus has left the building Gus bus is going to be successful at ucf bt dubs don't do don't do gus miles on like that by the way don't do gus miles on like that gus miles on is winning conference usa first year speaking of auburn coaches moving on to different jobs what about tommy tuberville now in politics and saying that people in sports should stay out of politics. Hey, <laughs> I mean, the fact, the fact that he doesn't understand the ironicity of what he's saying shows that football coaches are some of the most, you know, smartest individuals that we have out there on the planet. Yeah. But, uh, as we know, all coaches have huge egos. Anyways, what's your petty moment, Solo? You took my petty moment. Uh, the only one that I had was about Nick Saban. Oh, so, okay. So thanks, we have your thanks a lot. Uh, I wanted to get one actually from the NBA. Uh, I believe it was the New Yorker uh, that uh, put their the, the cover page for their their magazine. It had it was a it was a drawing of the big three from Brooklyn. And the big two from the Knicks um, and the Brooklyn uh, big three were towering over those guys. And they posted on their their uh, Twitter page, obviously. James Harden came back and cropped out the two New York Knicks players and just had the picture of of the um, of the Brooklyn Nets players. And that's petty because, yeah, outside of New York. Everyone's talking about the Nets and how good they are. But I'm hearing a lot of things. If you go to New York and go into the city, 
all they're talking about is the Knicks. The Brooklyn Nets look like to are a championship favorite, but everybody was only talking about the Knicks, um, who's a four seed. And though they've played competitively against the Nets, they've never actually beaten the Nets this season. So uh, I think that's a huge, huge sign that that the that James Harden is frustrated with the New York fan base uh, with everything that he's doing there. Uh, in the words of Draymond Green, you thought they loved you like that? You're not Kobe. <laughs> well, like let's be let's be fair. The Knicks have always been New York's team. I'll, uh, considering how recent the move is in the grand scheme of things to Brooklyn from New Jersey, people in New York still see them as the New Jersey Nets, and people from New York as don't, they should. They don't. They don't as like. They should. As they should. They, 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 there is no respect for New Jersey in New York. But that's like that's that's almost like every other team or franchise where there's a big brother um, right. sort of deal going on. Like if you look at the Lakers and the Clippers, even though the Clippers are much better than the Lakers, right? Still going to be LA Lakers. Is still town. a Lakers town, yeah. You look at the Yankees and the Mets, still a Yankees town. You look at the Jets the and the Giants. Good enough to challenge. <laughs> I mean, right. Look at the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. You know. It, the Giants have it, always been. Interestingly enough, uh, Yankees, Giants, and Knicks are all in Forbes top five, top ten um, most valuable valuable franchises with the Yankees and the Knicks right behind the Dallas Cowboys at number one. And unfortunately, um, when you get with teams like this, this is like, I know Solo doesn't understand because he's a LeBron fan, but like as a Laker fan, like a legitimate Laker fan, that's like, that's lifelong and people don't switch up. No. Um, so, so when you get these franchises, it doesn't matter how good they are or how bad they are, they're going to stick with, you know, Right. The big team. And, that's, and so. that's that's what it is like in, you know, real sports towns like New York and L.A. I mean, no. In Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I not even say that with a straight face, man. You you know when Atlanta's bad for any sport. Oh, man. <laughs> even when, the, when, when Braves are really good, people are still watching at home and not going to the game. They're selling out now. Yeah, yeah because, because of freaking Kobe. <laughs> but like the Yankees, you know, the Lakers, those teams could be winless and they're right. still sellout games. Um and that's the difference. I mean, the, the even when the I mean the Knicks, you know, they've been lottery picks, they're still sellout crowds. So, I mean, it's it's just a different environment there uh, when it comes to pro sports. Now, college sports South got it. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything again. The South got it, 100. But uh, with that, we'll go ahead and move on to final thoughts. Uh, what do y'all got? To keep with the theme of uh, baseball that I had this week, uh, Albert Pujols was uh, recently released by the uh, Angels, and uh, it looks like he's probably going to be out of a job this year, and he's probably going to retire. Uh, He's looked like complete butt cheeks the past couple no, of years. The Yankees will, will spend money on him. <laughs> oh, I, I doubt you wouldn't even want that. Not saying I, I want it. I'm just saying that it, it's very likely. I, I, the the only team that I see signing him would be the Cardinals just because, you know, he could retire there. But why would you waste a roster spot for somebody who can't play defense, can't run, can't hit? It's kind of, you know pointless and it's not like you have a dh in the nl so he's he's really going to be out of a job this year uh, and it's a sad way to see his career end but uh you know respect to him he, he kept going until the very end the angels still suck what you got solo uh man sheesh uh i don't even know i hope everybody's life is good um to everybody that has changes going on in their lives, um, more power to you, because change is crazy. Yeah, that is my That's final bad. thought. 
my final thought uh, is just a congratulations to one Shiloh linebacker, Isaac Prince, got offered uh, by Navy uh, yesterday. Uh, hey. That is a huge thing. Um, a lot of uh, for that, for those that don't know, uh, the draftee out of Tulsa, Cameron Cam Samples, was also a graduate of Shiloh High School. Uh, so a lot of good things happening for Shiloh athletes right now. Respect to y'all working hard, trying to 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 bring this team up to where it deserves to be. Uh, but with that, um, that's all we got. Shout out to all the coaches uh, that got love this week for Teachers Appreciation Week and all the teachers, all the nurses during Nurses Appreciation Week, which I believe they should both have their own weeks, but you know, they both- They do. Nurses have their own week. Coaches don't because we're the scum of the earth unless, you know, parents are happy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I got a bunch of freebie stuff from school this week, so you know, that was nice, but you know. I got a $50 gift card to Diggs that I'm going to wait. I'm going to spend today. Nice. Uh, we got shirts. We got a cooler. Uh, we got a taco truck on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, candy. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Fun stuff. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. How about teacher appreciation? We could just giving us all of a, a raise to what we actually deserve to be paid. But, you know. Hey. Alabama teachers get another 2% raise this year on top of the fact that I get another raise for being a teacher for six years. Nice. Yeah. Now, and all of y'all talk to uh, Kemp for giving all state employees, including teachers, three weeks paid leave, uh, parental leave. You know, mothers and fathers get three weeks paid off, not dipping into their own sick leave. Uh, wow. So he, he does have a heart. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's been giving teachers bonuses and pay raises, you know, since he's been in office. That's the that's the one thing I appreciate from him. You know, he's about to say, yeah, the man obviously disputes science and, you know, logic. But hey, shouts out for the love to the teachers. Hey, hey you know what? <laughs> I didn't put him there, but you know what? Certain aspects, I appreciate him being there. Now, there's a lot of aspects I don't appreciate him being there. But, you know, let, let's move on from that, you know, because we should just stick to sports, you know. Don't forget, he, he signed a really good bill this past week uh, at none other than University of Georgia with the, uh, what's it called, player likeness the, yeah, and the, image the, the bill. Ohio, yeah. So. And that'll be huge for uh, Georgia. Georgia schools. No, just just the University just of Georgia. Yeah. I'll I, yeah. <laughs> still find it. a way to choke in, in a, a championship game, but, you know, it's fine. Eh, at least we beat y'all. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. But you have struggle Isn't against that? us, so you know. I mean, is it really is it really something to write home <laughs> about? A struggle win against Notre Dame. Let's <laughs> be fair. Eh. A win is a win. Wait, it's two nice times, right? Be... Two, two. Yes, two times. Yes. Yeah. It's just nice to be the fan of the undisputed champion of the universe when it comes to college football. So, yeah, y'all no, I, argue about that. We win games. I'm not arguing with nothing. I'm just – we talk about how bad my team is, and then when his team has a struggle win against them, you know. They had a struggle win against Cincinnati for crying out this loud. This is true. It's okay. At least we won our game. Okay. That's not nice. Okay. We knew that they were going to lose that. I, we, we, we talked about that on the podcast for an hour of how, right? How they they were going to lose their the spread was going to they were going to match the spread before the end of the first half. And they did. No, they did. I, I just want to know. Spread. They didn't need to beat the spread for the game. I, I really want to see what Solo's going to say when uh, Nick Saban retires and LeBron is out of the league and he's going to have to fanboy over somebody else because he's. Alabama's going to go back to being their usual no, trap he's, he's just going to be Thanos and retire to his farm and not be Exactly. It's going to be a paradise. I will no longer watch sports. I won't care anymore. I'm going to watch at that time. Hopefully my future kids have fun at their respective sports and I'm going to fanboy over my children. And that will be that. But I will retire. Once LeBron and Nick Saban are gone, I'm gone. It doesn't matter. I no longer watch sports. 
that's how we know he's not a real fan. Well, but we've known this. He's been a fan of guys, not fans of teams. He's a damn, but a franchise ain't never did nothing for me. KLS, outside of the Cubs. That's like the only franchise that I will blindly follow to the depths of depths of despair. Well, he's doing it right now, so I mean... (laughs) The only only team I will follow into the depths of despair will be the Chicago Cubs. Everybody else, I don't care. You have... I have no loyalty. I will give you no loyalty. You all suck. That sounds like a whole mentality. No loyalty. Well, you would know. <laughs> I'm just right, we're calling it like I see it. Tangent. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, keep an eye out for Solo's first solo pod. So the Solo Solo pod uh, with a playoff preview for the NBA. Drop sometime midweek. All right. With that, we'll see you soon. Have a good one, everybody.